Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. We are in the second week of our series called All In. And I'm so glad that you're with us. If you're here last Sunday, we kicked it off. If you missed that message, you can go back online and see that and get all caught up. The messages don't really have to go in any particular order, but we're covering four major themes from this passage, and we want to dig right in today. Mark 12, 28, it says, One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate, and he realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God. Let's read this last verse together. Can we do that? And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the Old Testament? Jesus says, most important one is this, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are to love God with all. Amen? All. All your heart is what I preached about last week. And, uh, and this week, I want to look at another part of this passage, and we're going to talk about how, we, how do we love God with all of our mind, with all of my mind. Amen. Now, have you ever tried to, you know, just clear your mind of prevailing thoughts and realize sometimes just how hard it is to actually do that, right? It's not easy. Today, we're going to talk about that. You know, you can even sit through like we just did a 25-minute worship service, and even though you're trying to worship and you're trying to concentrate, uh, all of a sudden these crazy, you just get these random thoughts, right? They just pop in your mind, even during worship, even during the sermon. Many people aren't always thinking about God. I've looked out, and you'd be amazed what I could see even when I'm blinded up here. But I've looked out, I've seen people balancing their checkbook. I really, now some of y'all don't even know what a checkbook is. My daughters are like, how do you write a check, Dad? I'm like, you're 30, you should know this. No, not really. But I've watched people balance checkbooks. I've watched people clip their fingernails. Yeah, uh-huh. I've watched people read their Bible, the whole sermon. I'm like, you know what, you can do your bread chart at home right now. Listen to the preaching, right? I mean, our minds are prone to wander. Sometimes thoughts can just flood your mind and you can become distracted. It happens to me sometimes during church. I'll be sitting up on the front row trying to worship, thinking about the sermon, and then I, I might look around and go, man, where is everybody? You know, or, why, why, why is everybody coming in so late? Or man, What's that funny noise that I hear? Is that the baptistry? Is that the air conditioner? What's that? Is that the PA system? What is that noise? Why, why is that light over here not working? All these thoughts will pop into my head. Where do I want to eat after church today? 
Come on, can I get a witness in this house? Nobody else has ever thought that, have you? You guys are too spiritual, right? You know, where am I going to eat after church? What time is the game today? You know, all right, I need, to, I need the Steelers to beat the Eagles today. I need the Seahawks to beat the Giants today. I need the Cowboys to beat the Bears today. You know, and, and all these things will pop into your mind, right? And, but maybe you're thinking about something at work or maybe you're thinking about something with a family member. Maybe you had a squabble this morning before church. But the bottom line is this. Often it's a challenge to control our thoughts, isn't it? Even when you're in church, you know, you, you, with our minds that are so prone to wander or prone to think about things that maybe we don't need to think about or even that we shouldn't think about. How do you love God with all of your mind? It obviously has to do with the way we think and how we think each and every day. But before we talk about winning the battle with your thoughts, let me just make a couple of quick general statements about our mind and about our thinking before we kind of jump into a prescription on how to get this point in the right direction. First of all, I want to say this. God knows our thoughts. God knows our thoughts. Psalm 139 in verse 2 says, You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. That same verse from the New Century Version, I like it in this version. It says, you know when I sit down and when I get up, you know my thoughts before I think them. Right Now, for some of us, when you hear that verse, your first reaction is, oh, no. <laughs> right? He knows what I'm thinking. Now, relax. I told you last week, you can't shock the Lord. You're not going to knock him off of his rocking chair. You're not going to do that. Instead of thinking, oh, no, it might be better for us to think in these terms. He understands what I'm thinking. He's involved. It's not a mystery to him. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm dealing with or maybe what I'm struggling with. See, when we talk about loving God with all of our mind, it's not as if God's up in heaven going, hmm, I wonder what they're thinking today. I'm trying to discern their body language. They look like they're in a bad mood today. What's going on? Their face looks... Like, like, whoa, and God's up there scratching his head. No, he knows. He knows if you're having a bad day or a good day. He knows exactly what you've been through this entire last week leading up to today. I say it often. Don't forget, today starts a brand new week. Amen. I don't care how bad it was this last week. Today is the beginning of a brand new week. Amen. And the Lord says, I want to teach you with the mind that you have how to love me with your thoughts. See, God not only knows our thoughts, but he also knows the limitations of our thoughts. Psalm 94 and 11 says, the Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. 1 Corinthians 3 and 20, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. They are futile. And that one version says, they are worthless. He wants to make sure that we understand that he knows that we have limitations when it comes to our thought life. Amen. He knows that. They're, our thoughts are futile. They're limited. We should recognize that. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to us, right? But it ends up in the path of death. Sometimes we think something is exactly right when, in fact, it can be exactly wrong. It's healthy to realize how limited our thoughts really are. We ought to recognize those limitations. Isaiah 55 and 8 the Lord says, my thoughts 
are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are what? Far beyond anything you can imagine. So God knows our thoughts, and he knows how limited they can be. Second thing I want to say, God can help us change our way of thinking. He can help us change our way of thinking. Maybe we struggle with our thinking and keeping it on the right path, but God can help us change that. He can help us change the patterns of our thoughts, the way that we think, the traps that we find ourselves in by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. These are important verses. I'm going to read them a couple times today. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. See, when I make the choice in my life and say, Holy Spirit, would you guide my thoughts? Would you help guide my life today? That changes everything. It does. It changes everything. When my mind is controlled by selfishness or sin, the Bible says the result or the path of that is death. But when I let the Holy Spirit control my thoughts, the results are what? Scripture said life and peace. And that's an incredible change. Because if you will let God help you, he'll do this, Romans 12 and 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but what? Let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Transformation begins up here. Amen. It says, if we let him. That's a big clause right there. Can't, God can transform us by changing the way we think. That's huge. That's how you're transformed. So first of all, God knows our thoughts. Secondly, God can help us change the way we think. And number three, though, don't forget this. We are responsible for our thoughts. <laughs> we are. Even though God can help me change the way I think, ultimately I'm responsible for the way I think. I can't just say the devil made me think this. I didn't mean it. It just slipped up on me. Or here's my favorite one. That's just how I'm wired. Nope. We're responsible. We're responsible. Amen. Our minds are like a radio. There's all these frequencies out there and lots of things that you can focus on and think about. I'll never forget, we used to, before the days of Sirius Radio, and when we would travel all night when our girls were little and we would go to Florida to visit Robin's parents, a lot of times we would leave on a Sunday afternoon. And it's about a 12, 14-hour drive. And I would drive all night because the girls were little. They would sleep. Uh, the traffic would be bad. But I'll never forget about 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning, and I still had three or four hours to go. Man, I'd start getting tired. And I'd turn on the radio. And, you know, you'd start just trying to dial in. It was before the, you'd be trying to dial in a, a something that was discernible, something that made sense. And, you know, then, that's when all the good alien radio shows come on. You know, guys talking about aliens and conspiracy theories. By the way, I need some new conspiracy theories because all of mine have come true. <laughs> Amen. So if you got any good ones, I need a few new ones. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, tuning in the radio, and, and what it is, there's all these frequencies that are out there, and you have to tune into the one out there, and we will dial in to what we choose to dial into. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we what? We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's personal responsibility. Notice, it says, we have to take those thoughts captive. Taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that's not always easy. It requires effort. It requires discipline. It requires fighting for control of our minds. So how do we take these thoughts captive? I want to look at two previous verses. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. Notice it says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Remember that. Verse 4, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. See, that's one of the things that we have to remember. We can't fight this battle just using human means. We've got to use God's weapons, his strength, his spirit. Because what are we fighting against? The scripture says we're fighting against, verse 4, strongholds of human reasoning and false arguments. I could take a whole sermon and just talk about those two things. Folks, if you cannot recognize around you right now, we are battling strongholds of human reasoning. Come on, it's in the education system. It's corrupting the minds of our children. It's telling them that certain lifestyles or paths are okay. It's not only telling them they're okay. It's celebrating these things that are contrary to the Word of God. Come on, can I get a little help in this house? Amen. The whole issue of life and death, the whole issue of abortion, these are strongholds of human reasoning. False arguments. Amen. And where does that battle take place? In the mind. Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Another translation said it this way, as a man thinks in his heart, so does he become. See, because the mind is the birthplace of our actions. Our actions are a direct result of our thoughts. Now, sometimes we get caught up in trying to change our behavior, and we forget. And the reason some of us struggle with that is we're trying to change our behavior when we first got to start changing our minds. Because if you have a negative mind, you're going to have a negative life. On the other hand, if we can renew our mind according to God's will, we will, as Romans 12, 2 promises, prove out in our experience the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Pastor Rodney talked about it a couple of weeks ago about finding the will of God in your life. It's not so much a destination as it is a way of life. Proving the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is living out the will of God daily in your life. See, most of our problems are rooted in our thinking patterns. When we listen to, as the Scripture said, strongholds of human reasoning, false arguments. See, Satan offers wrong thinking to everybody, but we don't have to accept that offer. Hallelujah. We don't have to accept that offer. The Bible says that any thought that attempts to exalt itself above the Word of God, we are to cast it down and bring into captivity to Jesus Christ, right? That's how we love God with our minds. So where do these strongholds of human reasoning and false arguments come from? Turn to your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6 and 12. Remember, the Scripture's already told us we don't fight a human battle as humans do. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, 
against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me read that verse again from the NLT. It's a little bit clearer. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but what? Against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Amen. Folks, this isn't a joke. This is spiritual warfare. I think we forget that. In other words, it's a war. And our warfare is not with other people. Our war is with the devil. Amen. Our war is not with other Christians or other churches. Come on, somebody. Our war is with the devil. The Scripture said evil rulers, evil authorities, mighty powers of the dark world, evil spirits. Our war is not even... Uh, against people that are contrary to the Christian worldview. Our war is with the enemy, and Satan is a defeated enemy. Amen. Jesus called him the father of lies, and all that is false in John 8, 44. He lies. Amen. He lies to us. He tells us things about ourselves, about other people, about circumstances that are just not true. And I'm going to tell you what, the devil's not a fool either. He knows how to move very slowly. And particularly, he begins by just bombarding our minds with patterns of thoughts and suspicions and doubts and, and fears and false ideas. He moves slowly. He moves cautiously. Remember, because he has a strategy. And not only that, he studies you. Now, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I watched a little bit of the World Series last night uh, with my son-in-law and my daughter. And uh, it, it's, it's been years since I've watched a baseball game. But Rodney told me something this week about baseball that I really didn't realize. But he said, not only does the pitchers study every individual hitter, but the entire field, all the players, they will sometimes rotate and shift based on the specific batting pattern of a player. I mean, they might move the whole field one way. They might move them another way. They make adjustments in the field. The pitcher will show, throw certain uh, types of uh, pitches and the catcher will call certainly, and they do this all because of what the tendencies of the batter. Did you know there is a whole host of principalities orchestrated by the devil that fight you according to your patterns? Come on, somebody, I'm trying to help you right now. He knows how you're hardwired. He knows how you think, and so he fights you according to your tendencies. He might not throw me a fastball. He might throw me a curveball. And he might throw Eddie a slider, amen, because he knows what our tendencies are, and that's how he fights us. He knows our insecurities, our weaknesses, our fears. He knows what bothers us the most. And he's willing to invest any amount of time that it takes to pull you down. Solomon said in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know what he was saying? A person's character and actions are often determined by what they think. And if we can change our direction, if we want to assume control over our lives, then we must change our way of thinking and love God with our minds. See, the battlefield is in our minds where strongholds try to develop. And a stronghold, you, you, you've been hearing the word stronghold in church your whole life. A stronghold is an area in which we are held in bondage due to a certain way of thinking. Amen? Strongholds are defined as a fort or a fortress, a fortified place, a place of security. And in order to pull down strongholds, we've got to do something about our thoughts. A stronghold 
is a cluster of ungodly thoughts that have so they've been formed into this ugly, tangled knot. Right? It's the bigger the knot, the bigger the stronghold. We literally, you may not realize this, but they've proven this that uh, 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 biologically and physiologically that we can hardwire paths of thinking into our minds. And we create these toxic patterns of thought based on repetitive thinking and repetitive thought patterns. And the size and strength of the stronghold depends on how long you've been building that stronghold. Have you ever seen a, a path up a mountain or down through a valley or next to a creek and you, always, you can see weeds on one side and there's always a well-worn path where people walk, where the animals walk. It might be a game trail. And you know what it is? Picture your mind that way. There's When certain things happen, we just tend to go down the same path. We tend to think the same thoughts. We go down the same game trail, if you will. That's a stronghold. But here's the good news. These knots, these hardwired paths can be untied. They can be undone. Amen. <laughs> oh, my. Excuse, excuse me. You can do it. Strongholds can be torn down. They can be untangled. And we tear them down how? By stopping the ungodly thought process, by asking God to help us change the way we think, and by working on the opposite of worldly thinking, and that is godly biblical thinking. Herbert Benson said in his book, Your Maximum Mind, and I quote, he said, The mind can be healed or altered by prayer, meditation, and faith. Over the years, you develop circuits and channels of thoughts in your brain. These are physical pathways which control the way you think, the way you act, and often the way you feel. Many times, these pathways or habits become so fixed that they turn into what I call wiring. In other words, the circuits or channels become so deeply ingrained that it seems almost impossible to transform them. They actually become part of your brain. They are part of you. So basically, if you think the same thoughts constantly, that impression becomes a rut. You know what a rut is? A rut is just a grave with both ends knocked out. Amen? And that rut just makes it increasingly difficult to reroute our thinking. Plato once said, the greatest mistake physicians make is that they attempt to cure the body without attempting to cure the mind. So true. See, most people harbor in the stronghold of their minds things that violate the principles of God and His words because we're human beings, right? That's why it's so difficult for some people to walk in victory. We've got to deal with the strongholds of polluted thinking. Too many people have thoughts or pictures of gloom or disease or depression or failure or negative impressions that are literally just hung on the corners of every part of their mind. These strongholds of human reasoning and false arguments that, that, uh, that 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 was talking about. You know, a lot of people, think about it, their, their knee-jerk response is they're rebellious or, or they're bossy or they're negative or they're angry or they're confused. They don't like being that way, but they don't know how to change. It seems like they always react in certain situations in a bad way and in the same way every time. It's because they're not controlling their thoughts, which means they can't control their actions. But hear me, if you can control your thoughts, you can begin to tear down those strongholds in your mind. That's why the Bible says we got to pull down or cast down strongholds. You can't just set them aside gently. Oh, here's a stronghold. Hallelujah, I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. Here's a stronghold. It's more like this. I mean, it's, it's a battle. 
And you have to unwire what is hardwired in your mind. That's why we got to pull it down. So how do we do this? What do we do? One of the most life-changing principles that you're ever going to learn is this. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have to try to put on the mind of Christ, the worldview of Christ, the thinking of Christ. It's important to pray, God, come into my mind. Remember Romans 12 and 2. Let God change the way you think. Let your thoughts crowd out those negative thoughts. Let your mind dominate my thoughts. Every time I start to feel fear, God, replace it with faith. Let a mind of power be in me, a sound mind and a spirit of love. David said, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Colossians 1.21 talks about having enemies in your mind. These enemies are thoughts that have lodged there and they're destroying a person instead of helping them be victorious. Paul also said this, Romans 8 and 6, so letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. It's not complicated, folks. He basically said there's two people that are going to take the wheel. Your sinful nature going to drive you into death or the Holy Spirit, and it's going to lead you to life and peace. Sinful nature, death, Holy Spirit, life and peace. Isaiah 26 and 3 said, you will keep him in perfect peace. Who? Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Amen. See, if our thoughts create our emotions and then our emotions create our behavior, then how do we ch create change in our lives? By putting on the mind of Christ. When people are transformed by the renewing of their minds, then they can sort through things with confidence and know what to do according to God's will in their life. Look at Ephesians. Here it is again. We change our emotions and ultimately our behavior by changing our thoughts. Ephesians 4, 21 through 23. I'm trying to give you a good biblical basis. By the way, let me just throw this out here. It's not in my notes. You know, positive thinking has taken a beating sometimes in the Christian world because we just think it's all fluff. You know, oh, you can't just you know, think your way into, and, and, and I, there was this overreaction to positive thinking. I want you to know, positive thinking is biblical thinking. Positive thinking is biblical. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. It's faith thinking. Amen. Look at Ephesians 4.21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead, here it is again, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. He basically said, since you are now a follower of Jesus, you got to throw off some things and put on some things. And Ephesians 4.23 from the New King James Version says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. There it is again. Who is in the driver's seat? Our old sinful nature or the Holy Spirit? So how do I do it? How do I do this? you got to use the right weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. you got to use the right weapons in order to love God with all your mind. So what kind of weapons? I'm just going to mention two. 
First of all, the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. Come on. Our weapons are not carnal. They are spiritual. And we need spiritual weapons because we are fighting a spiritual fight. You win the battle of your mind by taking authority with the Word of God, by putting on the whole armor of God, by pulling down strongholds according to God's Word, God's truth. That's why when you know the Word of God, you won't fall for every lie that they're trying to spin in this, this, this world that we live in today. Amen. We got to get our thinking in line with God's Word. John in the Bible, who knew the devil's work so well, he said this in his first letter, 1 John 2, 14. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And what? And the Word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. The Word of God is the power that overcomes the devil. Jesus demonstrated this to us in the wilderness. To every temptation thrown at him by the devil, what did he do? He quoted Scripture, right? Jesus was himself the Word of God. He could have commanded those demons to flee, yet, you know what he did? He used Scripture to deflect the temptations of the devil. I think he did that for our benefit, to show us the power of the Word. Each time the devil lied to him, what did Jesus say? It is written. And then he quoted him the Word. Hallelujah. No, devil, it is written. And then he quoted him the Word of God. Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 6, 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 9, resist him, firm up your faith, firm in your faith. Faith in what? The word of God. What's another weapon? Faith thinking. For all of you who don't like the term positive thinking, think of it this way, faith thinking. Amen. Positive minds produce positive lives. Negative minds produce negative lives. Positive thoughts are full of faith and hope. Negative thoughts are full of fear and doubt. Negative philosophy is this. If you don't expect anything good to happen, then you won't be disappointed when it doesn't. <laughs> Man, who wants to live that way, right? Because if you're always negative, negative things are going to always follow you and happen to you. Now, this doesn't mean that you and I can just get anything we want by thinking about it, right? God has a perfect plan for each of us, and we cannot control God with our thoughts or our desires, amen. But we must think and speak in agreement with his will and his plan for us. Begin to think positively about your life. Practice being positive in every situation that arises. Even if whatever's taking place in your life in the moment is not so great, expect God to bring good out of it. Amen. Even if a person who is really positive won't have everything work out, guess what? The way they get through it is way different than the way somebody thinks negatively. The positive person makes it through much better than the negative person does. Negative people don't enjoy much of anything. They really don't, right? Man, a negative person, they're no fun to be with. They bring gloom and doom to everything around them. There's a certain heaviness about them, right? You know, they're complainers. They're fault finders. They're the people that you avoid at work. You avoid them. You avoid them at church if you tell them the truth, right? How you doing? Well, do you have 10 minutes? Actually, I do not. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on, man, if you're negative all the time, I'm just going to tell you, I want to help you right now. Most people don't want to be around you. 
If your mind is a stronghold of negativity, you are not loving God with all of your mind because you're bound by human reasoning. Amen. You know what you need to do? You need to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you each time you get negative. Amen. Come on, that's part of what the Spirit does. John 16 teaches us that the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin and convince us of righteousness. I need to preach on that one day. Convict us and convince us. Come on. Convict us and convince us. When the conviction comes, ask God to help you. We need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. That's a good tweetable statement. Think about what you're thinking about. Most people simply think about whatever pops into their minds. People forget Satan can inject thoughts in your mind. By the way, Satan cannot read your mind. I won't dig into that today. That's scriptural. He cannot read your mind. So let me just tell you that right now. Amen. But he can't control your life by injecting thoughts into your mind. Think about what you're thinking about. By the way, your mind is not born again with the new birth experience. Oh, yeah, I'll come back next week. I'm going to preach about that. Amen. You got to renew your mind on a regular basis. Amen. I'm going to talk about it next week. The renewal of the mind is a process. It takes time. And if you will think about what you're thinking about, right action will follow right thinking. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because in God's order of things, right thinking is always first. Right actions always follow. I believe that right action and a correct behavior is a fruit of right thinking. And how do you get fruit? By abiding in the vine. Amen. It's impossible to get from wrong behavior to right behavior without first changing your thoughts. Come on. How many of you know? And you might be one of these people. Man, you want to do the right thing. You really do. That's why you come to church. That's why you accepted the Lord into your life. You really do want to do the wrong thing, but you keep finding yourself falling back into that rut, falling into that same way of thinking, amen. But you've got to purposely activate your mind and line it up with God's Word and God's will. And it takes time. It takes time. There can never be enough said about the power of being positive. God is positive. And if you and I want to flow with Him we got to get on the same wavelength, and we've got to begin thinking positively. Because the devil will try his hardest to stop you in this area of renewing your mind. Because he knows that his control over you is finished once you learn to choose the right thoughts and reject the wrong thoughts. Have a positive outlook. Have a positive attitude. Maintain positive thoughts and expectations. Engage in positive conversation. Amen. The mind of Christ in us is positive. Therefore, anytime we get negative, we're not operating in the mind of Christ. Right thinking is vital to victorious living. The Bible says a tree is known by what? It's fruit. Fruit. Same is true in our lives. Thoughts bear fruit. Think good thoughts and the fruit in your life will be good. Think bad thoughts and the fruit in your life will be bad. Choice is yours. Look at Deuteronomy 30, 19. I'm almost done. Today I have given you a choice. Between life and death, between blessings and curses, and now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to start choosing life. Amen. Life thoughts. Amen. Life thoughts. Choose life with your thinking. 
Because hear me, we are presented with thousands upon thousands of thoughts every day. Your mind has to be renewed to follow after the Spirit and not the flesh. Our worldly minds have had so much practice operating freely that we don't have to use any effort to think wrong thoughts. Right? You notice how easy it is to think wrong thoughts, negative thoughts, angry thoughts, bitter thoughts, hateful thoughts. Man, it just, man, it just comes, right? For some of us, it's our spiritual gift, right? <laughs> I hope not. Amen. It just comes. On the other hand, we have to purposely choose the mind of Christ. And after we finally decide to think like Christ, then we need to choose and continually re-choose those thoughts. Praise team musicians, come on up. I want to close with one final verse, Philippians 4 and verse 8. Philippians 4 and 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Everybody fix my thoughts. On what? And then he tells us on what? What is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are what? Excellent and worthy of praise. Now, how many negative thoughts did he tell us to fix on there? None. How many positive things did he mention there? Eight. You want to tune in your mind to the things of God? Just, just look at Philippians 4 and 8 this week. That's my challenge. There's your homework. Guess what? I hate to disappoint you. You ain't going to get it done this week. Come on, Philippians 4 and 8 is a verse that we live out every day of our life. Think things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. What is pulling down strongholds like? It means every time I get a thought that's false or a lie, I try to think on things that are true. When I hear thoughts or when I hear things that are dishonorable, what if I'm in a conversation that's dishonorable? Me and Eddie are talking bad about Charlotte. Guess what? We are dishonoring her. Guess what? We got to change that conversation. We haven't had any of those conversations either, by the way. <laughs> Think things that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. Because when we turn our thoughts to God and learn to love Him with all our minds, you get to get a taste of what He really has for us. And here, listen, I'm not here to indict anybody because all of us have days where we just don't think right thoughts. Have you ever noticed that some mornings you get up and you start immediately thinking, oh, this might be one of those kind of days. Guess what? You better grab that thing up right then because you might have one of those kind of days, right? <laughs> Amen. We're not going to let that happen to me. I've done that before. I've gotten up. I've been in a foul mood. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe the a barometric pressure is messing with me. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, nope, devil, nope. I got too much to do today, too many people to talk to. I'm not going to be in a foul mind. I'm not going to have a foul attitude. I'm not going to be, come on, somebody. I'm talking about take those thoughts captive. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And guess what? You will slowly start taking a different path. Nope, not going to think that lie today. I'm going down this path. 
nope, you know what, devil? I forgave them a long time ago. You are not going to keep bringing this up in my mind, taking a different path. Nope, you've been trying to sell me that lie for a long time. I'm done with that lie. I'm going down a different path. I'm going down a different path. I'm going down a different path. And guess what? The next day, you might have to get up and do it all over again. Really? You trying to take me down that road again? Yeah, I'm not, you know what? I'm feeling kind of salty today. I'm just going to keep on. No, no, no. I, yep, take a different path. Take a different path. Take a different path. I want everybody to stand with me all over this house. How do you love God with all your mind? You got to get rid of stinking thinking. Give yourself a checkup from the neck up. Amen. Lord, cover my mind. Holy Spirit, take control. Some of you right now, you need to just visually see yourself. Has anybody ever driven a car that's out of alignment? Yeah. You're going, you know, you just feel it's kind of pulling and you're like, something's wrong. You're like going, you know, no, 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 I got to hold it right here. By the way, if you're, if you're driving a car like that, you need to go get it fixed, amen? And, and you're just out of alignment. Have you ever noticed sometimes that your mind will just, if you let go of the Spirit, your mind will just, no, 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 no I got to pull this thing back over here. Holy Spirit, give me an alignment again. Holy Spirit, help me to think right thoughts again. Holy Spirit, help me to forgive them again. Yeah, I know I've already forgiven them 196 thousand times help me to forgive them again not so much for them but for me me thank you Jesus thank you Jesus as our praise team begins to sing right now I want to invite you to step out or you can remain in your chair but I want to invite you to step out I think there's something powerful about stepping out of your chair and coming forward and making a decision I want you to come down I want you to say God this week, I'm going to start trying to live out Philippians 4 and 8. Every time I think a lie, I'm going to think something true. Every time I think of something dishonoring, I'm going to think of something honoring. Every time I think of something filthy, I'm going to replace it with something pure. Every time I think of something fear-filled, I'm going to think of something faith-filled. Come on, somebody. Every time I think about something bad or wicked about my brother, I'm going to replace it with a good thought about my brother. Come on, I'm telling you, you want to change your life? It starts by changing the way you think and putting on the mind of Jesus Christ. Amen? So as this praise team begins to sing right now, I want to just lift your hands all over this house and begin to ask the Holy Spirit to help you change your thinking. Come on, right now, all over this place. Amen. Hallelujah. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Rest on us. Come rest on yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. Spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Come rest on. Yes, rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gate. 
down wicked imaginations. I want to cast down corrupt thinking. I want to cast down and pull down the lies of the enemy. I'm here and I know you won't fail think it's a good exercise. I want you to take both of your hands and just kind of put them on your mind. And I want to pray for you and you pray for yourself. Father, I just ask you right now, Lord, to help us to put on the mind of Christ. There's so many distractions that we face at work or in our families, in our own minds. There's so many thoughts that, that can corrupt us or tear us down. But God, help me to put on the mind of Christ. Lord, I'm not foolish. I know that I'm not always going to win the battle. I know I'm going to sometimes think negative things or hateful things or lustful things, whatever it might be, God. But help me, Lord, to take those thoughts captive. God, when that devil bird comes to build a nest in my brain, help me to shoo him away and to not let those thoughts corrupt me. God, I want to have right actions. Therefore, I want to change the way I think. So, Lord, every time... I drift down that stronghold, that corrupt path. Help me, Lord, to get myself back in alignment. Holy Spirit, I give you permission, and I ask you to take the wheel. I ask you to take the reins of my life. I ask you to order my steps. I ask you, God, to baptize my mind. I ask you to create in me a clean heart. I ask you to renew a right spirit within me. I ask you to help me to forgive, not just with words, but with thoughts and actions. I ask you, Lord, to help me to put on the mind of Christ each and every day, to walk by the word and to walk by faith and not by sight. And I thank you for this. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody, let's give them a praise together. Can you do that? Come on, hallelujah, let's praise them. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.